More Street Fighter VI information has been promised for this summer, but when specifically? We've hammered down four particular windows where we think the news is going to be most likely to appear. Plus, Catalyst takes a closer look at where Capcom failed and succeeded in recent character balance to give us an idea of where things are headed in Street Fighter VI, all on this week's episode of Talkin' Block. All right, welcome back to another episode of Event Hub's Talking Block. I am John Catalyst Green. With me, as always, is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. How is your Wednesday going? It is going, John. How is your Wednesday Good. going? It's going as it's, it's actually been a slightly rough morning, but now that I get to do Talking Block, that's raising my spirits. And I have a question for you. Actually, it's not even a question. It's a, it's a story. When I was a kid and my family went out to eat and we got chicken wings at, say, uh, TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays, if you want to sponsor us, you totally can, if they still exist. Anyways, we got chicken wings. Uh, you could always tell who ate what chicken wings by the end with the bones sitting on the table. Because like, if it was my little sister, they'd have like, you know, mostly little bits and pieces. And if it was my dad, there was like a scorched earth policy, like completely clean, totally just bone. It looked like a swarm of locusts came in and just... And, and so, um, and, and that's how I feel... The Street Fighter VI teaser is at this point. The internet got it. It was great. We we munched on it. We've chewed on it. We've looked at every different angle. We've, I think, kind of looked at everything that there is to look at at this point. We know it's Ryu and it's Luke and they look different and there's the they spent $80 on a logo and they've got cool effects and Ryu's got a big, you know, Shang Long. But at this point, it's like we're kind of done with that 38 seconds. And so now people are doing like roster speculation, which we've done. Absolutely. And we were actually doing that before it was cool. Um, but now I'm kind of like, what's next? And I think the actual question is legit. What's next? When are we going to hear more about Street Fighter six? And I know that Capcom has said, well, it's going to be in the summer of 2022. They released a tweet just after the, the, the teaser came out. But summer of 2022 is a pretty big window of time. And I've kind of gone through what summer of 2022 is going to look like. And I have four potential spots where we're more likely than others to, uh, to hear some stuff about Street Fighter VI. And right, I want to tell you guys about them. But beforehand, John's going to tell you to psycho crush the like button. I am definitely going to take that. You have four things you're going to say. I have one thing I need everyone to do, and that's just punch that psycho crush the like button. Or punch psycho crush, <laughs> whatever it is. Something like that. It's something. It's something. Now, John, let's get into your four things. What like our video, guys, and comment <laughs> and subscribe and all that stuff. And tell your mom about us. Um, okay, so the first of these, I'm looking at this calendar here. And uh, summer for what it's worth of 2022, I think begins in mid-June and lasts until mid-September. Now, I've been working on event hubs. I've been paying attention to when Capcom promises stuff and they give little window times of like when something can come up. In Street Fighter V, there's a lot of this DLC character will release in June. And more often than not, they release at the end of the window. And I was like, when they said summer of 2022, I was like, it's gonna be the end of it. And we're gonna be waiting six, seven, eight months for more information on Street Fighter VI. I do not think that, that is what's going to happen here. In fact, I think that by the by mid-August or so, we might have as many as four new uh, information drops, uh, showcases and such. And the first of which is something that you and I, John, have talked about when we were discussing this a little bit before. It's E3. John, mm -hmm. what, what can you tell me about E3? Because I know that um, this was like your, your lead in terms of like when you think we'll see new stuff. 
the thing about it is we saw a lot of announcements at E3 for Street Fighter V. It's one of the, mm-hmm. the hallmarks, of course, of video games. It's been turned on its head by the pandemic, as a lot of things have been. Um, I know some of the, the bigger people have pulled out of it, but it's still E3 at the end of the day. So there is an extremely good chance we see something more there. Yeah. And it's E3, like you're kind of getting at, is not what it used to be. It used to be the big boy in the room, the big dog. And now there's a whole bunch of other shows that are sort of like it. And uh, it's now it's it's relegated to being online only for, for at least this year. And it's had some trouble because of COVID and such. And so it certainly isn't the E3 that it used to be. Uh, but that said, it's very, very probable that Capcom will show something here. Now, I want to know what do you think in terms of what you think they might show. Are we going to get another 30 or 45 second teaser with maybe another character? Or is it more along the lines of something like an entire trailer that lasts for a few minutes and shows a good bit more? I, I think you have to do uh, the next thing is it has to be a gameplay trailer. Um, you have to show some gameplay, but you can also show, you know, uh, the hype stuff we had leading up to Street Fighter V, like the Rise Up campaign, where, you know, it shows people playing Street Fighter II in arcades and, you know, different footage for tournaments right. and stuff like that. Like, you can do a collage of that. That's totally fine. And then have a few seconds of gameplay. Um, but if it's something like E3, if it's one of the big stages, you have to showcase the game a good bit more. Uh, and also, I, from everything we're hearing, this game is going to become coming out in early 2023 uh mm-hmm. that is uh that means you know probably february maybe march somewhere around there um it's you know it's it's far enough in development it's good enough right now that 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 should be the release date for it you you got to start showing more than that because the game is going to be less than a year away you know and, right. and so you really got to start getting into it yeah. Well, when E3 like kicked off back in the 90s and the early 2000s, it usually took place in May, but uh, very much in more recent times, it's been in like the, it's been in June and usually around the second week in June. So we will be, uh, of course, looking at E3 event hubs. It's a, it's a big time of year for us, even if Street Fighter 6 is not in the news, but we will be looking at, at E3 and probably in the second week in June for uh, potential Street Fighter 6 information. There's yeah, you all- and I will likely be there actually covering it directly from there if they actually have uh, the Street Fighter 6 announcements we're expecting. So oh, we'll be talking okay. with the developers. We'll be, uh, well, at least uh, I'll be there. I'm going to try to drag John along with me. Hopefully he comes, but if not, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll the pretty plan sure is to it's be all online this year, though. <laughs> oh, is it all online this year? That's what I, I think my research yielded. Oh, yeah. man. You, Which you I, I, I disagree with if that if that isn't now you're making me second guess, but I, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm it's curious. a good call, man. Everybody's going offline. Yeah, go ahead and I'll, 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 I'll buy time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> well, okay, so we'll be covering it from our homes then if it's there. But uh, when the major conventions start coming back up, though, uh, I can say that you and I will be at a lot of them. Uh, hey, so yeah. that's, a, that's a way of, of looking at it. So, <laughs> so as you look that up, uh, the next potential big release is actually similar to E3. Uh, it's a younger entity that has been coming up. Uh, I think this will be its third year, and that is the Summer Game Fest. So Summer Game Fest 2022. You guys probably recognize Jeff Cayley from uh, the Game Awards at the end of the year, but he actually does more than just that. In the middle of the year, he does the Summer Game Fest. And this is some, it's sort of like E3, and it's like this big um, sort of celebration of gaming where a lot of different developers can come together and show their stuff. And this will also be online only um, but unlike e3 that usually runs for three five days or so this actually runs for like two months and uh, it will run I, I believe this year from June to July uh, last year it ran from June 10th to July 22nd so um, I'm sorry a, a month at the time um, but this is like e3's sudden new competition and at the at the game award or I'm sorry the game awards the summer game fest we've had things like the reveals of the you know the new Tony Hawk Pro skater um uh, I think that was like a, a 
the old Tony Hawk Pro Skater redone or remastered, but then Unreal Engine 5. Um, it was the first hands-on um, experience with the PlayStation 5 DualSense. There's been a lot of major reveals. Um, there's no reason why Capcom couldn't jump on here and show something. And I would assume that if they engaged with Summer Games Fest, just because it's not as big as E3, at least not yet, this might be more of a likely point for another teaser or a little bit of information or maybe like a developer interview where they just talk about some things but not necessarily showing all new stuff. Um, but this is something to look at mark your calendars uh, we don't have an official window for when it will be this year but again june july kind of time which very much falls into summer of 2022 and uh john do you have that information on e3 yet E3 is mainly going to be online according to a tweet, but it is a little bit up in the air. Some people are saying like they might try to get it back and actually have it in Los Angeles again, uh, but more than likely just online, as you said. Yeah. So, but that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, it's still a great platform where Capcom knows there's going to be a bunch of eyes. They've used it before to announce stuff, as has everybody and their mother when it comes to the gaming industry. So E3 is a big one to look at. I say Summer Game Fest is also a big one to look at. It's very spread out, so it could come at any time during that. But uh, did you have anything that you want to talk about when it comes to Summer Game Fest? Summer Game Fest is, is ran by Jeff Cayley. Uh, he's one of the top journalists in uh, the field. Uh, he's really good at what he does. And uh, it's kind of come a, a little bit out of left field for some people. But the, the first one was really good. And uh, expecting, again, a return to form there. Um, there's so many kind of great dates here that... that you're kind of wondering when Capcom's going to push their chips in in terms of like showing a lot of the game, you know, mm -hmm. and so it, it's a very good candidate right there. Well, the next one here is where I think we could potentially, if this comes to fruition, get the most information in a single setting. And that would be is if Capcom does another seasonal summer update. They've mm -hmm. done two of those so far. They've done a whole bunch of seasonal updates, right? But two times it's been the summer update. And uh, in, in 2020, this took place on August 5th. And then last year in 2021, it happened in late July, July 28th. So you're looking at late July, early August. If Capcom runs a summer update, that would, I mean, what else are they going to talk about? But probably some major Street Fighter uh, 6 stuff. And I dare say what usually gets paired with that is a whole, you know, PlayStation blog and Capcom Unity presentation when they've shown new characters. It's like, you know, breakdowns of all of their moves. When they do this, they roll out a bunch of information. And in recent times, they've also been giving us awesome breadcrumb trails, whether that be the roadmap for the for the coming DLC or saying, you know, like, you know, get ready for the next one that's coming and or this next character. And um, they've really been leveling up with their communication with their fans through these um, uh, seasonal updates and i see no reason as to why they couldn't do another one they have a lot to talk about with street fighter 6 a lot of anticipation and there it's all you it's all capcom just whatever they want to talk about no time constraints they don't have to worry about getting on and off the stage and having their presentation be a certain time they can focus on whatever they want i i really think that this would be a a really big street fighter 6 info drop in the summer of 2022 it, and it's hands down what they should do uh, their, their presentations are great. Uh, getting to hear as much as humanly possible from these developers who work so hard on this game uh, and not just have it in a presentation, like do the presentation at E3 or, you know, Summer Games Fest or whatever you want to do. Sure, do that as well, but have this introduction video with the developers talking at length about the game. The, no no stage presence, you know, Sony or Microsoft is going to give you 30 or 40 minutes of time to, you know, break down the, mm -hmm. the various parts of the game, but you can control that yourself. And your fans are that 
that hardcore and passionate. They, um, the 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 FGC thrives so much on passion, passion and energy from the hardcore fan base. You have to cater to that. You have to get that going right from the start. Uh, doesn't mean you can't do this other, other stuff as well, but you really need to get your developers in there uh, talking about these games in this fashion. It is just a brilliant way to go about your game. Mm-hmm. And speaking of a passionate community, if you guys uh, agree with these, disagree with them. Feel free to hit up the comment section and let us know. Um, this is these the, the point of these discussions, a very big part of it is to get the community talking and considering because when you speak or when you write, that's when you truly think about things. That's when you make all the little connections and really understand something. And so the more the community speaks, writes, thinks about these things, they can figure out what their expectations are, what they want, what they hope to see. And, uh, and it just makes things a little bit more exciting and a, a little bit more intriguing. And so uh, the last of the four major times or events or moments where I think that we are going to have a, a pretty good chance at getting some Street Fighter 6 info here in the summer of 2022 is Evo. And that just got announced yesterday. Uh, Street Fighter 5 will be there. Shocker. Spoilers. Smash will not. Uh, but yeah, Evo has almost, as far as I've, um, this is as long as I've been part of the FGC and, and been paying attention, there's been some kind of a Street Fighter reveal or update or announcement. Um, certainly a Capcom one at Evo. It's, it's always a Capcom game that's kind of headlining Evo. Uh, it's, it's, they know all eyes are on them. And it's just there's always some kind of a reveal. Uh, and it would, be, it would feel completely wrong, especially with Street Fighter V being, I think, their headlining game. It was the first one that they revealed at least uh, last night during the reveal stream. It would be weird if they didn't have any uh, announcements surrounding the top eight or so of Street Fighter V. But Evo is not what it used to be, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any reactions to it? Any thoughts on yeah, that? I, I think we'll probably get like a character or something like that at Evo. Um, Evo is not anywhere near what like, you know, an E3 or a summer game fest is for audience and other stuff. Like, I mean, you're you're catering to just the hardcore FGC people at that point, And they know about Street Fighter. They know what Street Fighter is. They know all this, all, all this mm-hmm. other kind of stuff. But, you know, when you're when you're up on a, a an E3 thing, you're competing with a Call of Duty. You're com- competing with like an Overwatch. You're competing with other games that are very large and have a, a, a large following. And it's your chance to kind of get seen by gamers kind of across the globe uh, in a way that, you know, Evo definitely offers some of that. But, you know, Evo had some major PR hits, uh, deservedly so. Uh, and and I don't think they fully recovered from that. I know uh, I've, I've seen a number of top end players are like, I'm kind of done with Evo. I'm out. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious uh, how hard the reverberations are going to kind of be felt in the community because there's a ton of great events in the community. It's not like Evo is just like the only thing here. It's like we've got a bunch of brilliant events out there uh, that people can go to. So I'm kind of curious where Evo is going to end up at, but I, I like you do agree that um, I, I think they'll they'll have something for Evo because why wouldn't you? It's still the biggest fighting game event. Probably we'll see. Um, and it's nice to have something, but uh, also there's so many avenues they can go with now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Evo does have a little bit of, of reproving and re, uh, you know, like inventing itself to do. And they have people on there now, Pokimane and Rick the Hatto and such that, that the community has a decent bit of, of faith in and that those people have, have moved and shaked, shaken shook before and and seen a lot of success in what they've done. So um, I I think there's a really good chance for Evo to do well. But yeah, like you said, it's not as big of an audience as E3. It's a fighting game specific audience that, you know, the likes of E3 and those other places, that's, it's the entirety of video game culture and such. And then this is fighting games minus Smash Bros. Now as Evo is not going to have Smash Bros. So yeah, I do think that 
Um, it's it's not the platform that it used to be. It might become just as as um, high status, if not higher, in you know some time. But it's got to prove itself. So those are the four places that I think we will be specifically looking for some Street Fighter Six information coming here in the uh, in the summer. Now um, there is going to be some new SF Five stuff coming this month at some point. Uh, we're already nine days into it uh, with the new balance update and then um, probably some information on Capcom Pro Tour twenty twenty two is that with nine whatever we're at um but and i don't expect to see street fighter six information there because they said summer of 2022 so uh but yeah i see a I got, teaser but i think that's about the best case or maybe some stuff in the background that uh masamoto or uh nakiyama put up there uh that would kind of be like that i think uh, um the only thing we see if we get a accompanying video with the balance changes which we don't always get you know but sometimes those guys they, they sneak some stuff in there so uh, it, it's it's a good time to to leave some breadcrumbs as you would say uh, and kind of mess around with it, but I could I could see something coming here in March, uh, but nothing nothing major, just something for the fighting game community. Fair enough. That's all I had to say about that. All right, y'all. <laughs> all right, so John, I wanted to get into it where Capcom failed and succeeded with past characters and what it means for the future of Street Fighter Six. Like how this is going to go in there. But if people don't mind, they can punch us the the like button, psycho crush the like button, um, do whatever is comfortable for you. And yeah, psycho crush the like button even. Um, uh, I tried to do the bison thing. I don't think it came out very well. Anyway, so I want to start off first, actually, with stuff that didn't come out that well on Capcom's in as well, and that would be hard to play in weak characters. And in this category, we've got Fong, Gil, Jury, Oro, and Rose. And this is actually the worst place to be in this game where you're difficult to play and the rewards for doing so aren't good. No character should ever actually fall into this category because the advantage of playing... Uh, um, a fairly strong character uh, uh it, it should be that that there's a there's an execution wall to unlock with that there's some kind of level you need to get to to fully unlock a character that's highly technical and when you do that they're super powerful they're the sea viper of street fighter 4 right it's like if you can work your way up there and that is not easy to do she has some of the most difficult setups and combos in the game but if you can get up there she is so very powerful and and there's a few characters that fall into that in street fighter 5 as well but but John, I see you've got a response. Yeah. There. So I'm just trying to to get the full scope of what what we're exploring here. So it's the idea of basically where Capcom currently is in their uh, their balanced track record here, moving into Street Fighter Six to be like, okay, so what what can we sort of expect in terms of like, you know, they did this well with the ending of Street Fighter Five's roster. What's that momentum going to look like going into Street Fighter Six, and what kind of information can we garner? It's like, okay, so these characters, these were total failures. Don't do this again, kind of exactly. a thing, right? And more like this. What kind of archetypes are a big failure, a big success, yeah. are somewhere in the middle? So. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, and and a lot of the characters that you listed there are the ones that are weird, you know, mm -hmm. and and you got to have a certain amount of weird, and you got to have a certain amount of like left you know, Hail Marys out of left field. That's a bunch of different sports all put together at the same time. But the idea is something for the people that don't want to play the normal characters and such. And, and like you start getting into uh, attending to your audiences in a different way than just, you know, the abilities that the characters have and how good the abilities are. Um, so, so you need this, but it's very hard to balance. Like we talk about Fong all the time. He's very different from everybody else. Dalsim Oro falls into that category too. And it's like, 
you know, they're going to float to the top or sink to the bottom very quickly. It's hard to to balance them along with these other characters when their tools are so different. But I, I think you need to take a shot, but maybe temp, reel that back a little bit and have one of these characters and be safe with them. But don't have too many. That's that's yeah. what I would say here. Do a little bit, not too many. Yeah, and, and too many of these characters came in that they're very popular. The jury is very, very popular. Gil actually has quite a bit of popularity, you know, despite being a new character, and Rose is up there as well. And just too many of these characters just fell flat. And the big problem is if someone can mash their face on the joystick and beat you, the, like the next category we're going to talk about here, that's a really bad look for your game. You have to reward skill. And, and, and these characters, you know, they take a, a ton of skill to use. They just don't give you much bang for your buck when you when you go back into it. But so getting into the next thing here, easy and too strong. We have Balrog, Kami, Falk, M. Bison, Rashid, and Urien. All these characters are just too damn strong for the effort they require to play them. And, and people might be surprised to see Falk in here. I was going to uh, say I'm surprised to see Falk in there. There you go. <laughs> uh, but she has some of the easier combos and moves in the entire game. And her rewards for stringing these things together are just a bit too good for what's required of her. We're seeing Falk actually win quite a bit in tournaments, and I see her a lot online. She's become one of the more popular characters. Now, I don't think Capcom should obliterate Falk. But but oh no okay well there's a there's a head in the hands moment here what I, we got? okay so so there's two things going on here there's the there's John you that that is paying attention to a lot of detail and then there's the community uh, who and I'm part of this in in a very significant way who's just like Falk's a bad character and she's and you guys have talked about her like she needs buffs and she's not good enough and she's so bland and no one cares about her and now you're saying she's too good that's not what you're saying but that's what everybody's hearing right now and that's what everybody's commenting in the comments like um, that's on yeah. fire right now go follow so, my Twitter feed follow my Twitter feed because I actually asked for Falk nerfs and I think they're coming in this this update here that we're gonna get in the next few days uh, but again I don't want Capcom to obliterate Falk. The, the whole premise of her design is that, that she has easier to do things, but the trade-off is she's supposed to be a bit weaker overall. Right now, that's not the case. Again, that is a character who's high up there in terms of winning tournaments and doing very well in tournaments and doing very well multiple tournaments right now. She's doing quite well. Um, but but these cast members, like uh, far more egregious, of course, are, are still the Bisons, Rashids, Urians, Balrogs, Cam. You have her sandwiched between Cammy and M. Bison. That's also a big yep. part of it, too. Oh. You don't see those names <laughs> listed like that anywhere. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, these characters have the most basic execution stuff in the entire game. And for the most part, their rewards for doing this basic stuff is just too darn good. So I know Falk would be a jump out one. But of course, we've got the, the other, you know, category characters we just. Man, we've been right. bringing them up for like what five or six years now. Like, she just looks mean, really weird in the middle of that list. Yeah. But where would you put her right now on the tier list? If if I mean, and, and I and I hear you because she's evolved. like season five. She's, she's gotten buffs. 20. Yeah, she's a, she's a top twenty character. She might be top fifteen. She's somewhere around the Sakura range. And for a character as easy to play as Falk, that's a little too good for her. Uh, she she's just like mm, her combos are just a little too easy. This stuff is a little bit too easy. And again, she's winning tournaments now. That is something that very few characters in this game ever do, and Falk is winning tournaments. And it's like, that's fine if she's winning them, but I don't know if she should be winning them this easily. Uh, that's kind of the big thing, and I play against quite a few Falks online. She's just a mm, little bit too much. So All right, fair enough. Next category, Miss the Mark. These are the characters who definitely have fans, but just based on their history, they didn't connect with their, their long-term players who, who have really put a lot of time into them and really care a lot about them. And that would be Alex, Chun-Li, Cody, Kage, Nikali, Sagat, and Vega. Obviously, you know, Nikali is a brand new character, but but for the most part, these are, are, are characters who kind of came and went and really just kind of missed the mark where they left fans mostly disappointed with like just kind of like, 
you had a great opportunity to do something with these characters and they never really connected how they should have. And, and you know, Chun-Li is a, a poster child of Street Fighter. She is one of the mm-hmm. most popular characters in there. You really, I mean, I think she was a better character in Street Fighter 4 outside of season one. If you, you throw season one out, I think that Chun-Li was more played and more well thought of in Street Fighter 4 than she is in this game. And she wasn't that great in Street Fighter 4. For the most part, I mean, she was kind of like a, a mid-tier yeah. character. Like you had people who played her, but she wasn't like a dominant force. And, yeah. and she had you know, good matchups. And so sometimes it felt like she was especially strong, but those were in particular matchups too. Yep. And then I, I'm talking to a lot of Vega mains, they hate how they, they changed him into a motion character. Mm-hmm. Sagat has just pretty much never made an impact in this game. Uh, Nikali was only good when he was stupid. And and it's like, and they messed up everything with him. Uh, Evil Ryu or Kage, however you want to term him, is, you know, generally one of the more popular characters and he's never caught on. Uh, Cody, I wish I had Majin Tijan here just for this bit so I could watch his face get red and just watch him get as angry as humanly possible about him. And, and, you know, I don't even want to get started on Alex. Capcom needs to look closer at these characters and not repeat the same mistakes this next time around. They they have to go like, okay, this these characters kind of collectively did not work in this version of the game. Let's not do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was surprised. We ran a, a poll recently on the front page asking like the, the characters that people don't want to see come back. Um, we, we did a video on that too, but... Uh, the people that don't want to see come back and evil Ryu and Kage, I, those were both independent on the list and, and they both popped up really high. It's like Kage, I think was in the top 10 and, and evil Ryu was just outside of it. And I was surprised because he's so yeah. popular here. Yeah. Um, he's one of the most played characters. If you look at the CFN stats and, and I think, I think he's cool. I never had an issue with him. I didn't realize people didn't like this character. I thought evil Ryu was kind of a favorite. Um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of not, uh, not a favorite. And if he's as popular as he's been and people still aren't, like, you know, really engaging with him, enjoying him and such, I think that that is a bad look. So I, I guess I can agree that it missed the mark, at least at least looking at it from that point of view. So getting into the next part, this is not as egregious as the first uh, three examples here we have, and this is the need tweaks area. This is like, okay, these are mostly successful characters, I think, kind of, and in, in have been well-received by the community, um, uh, and, and maybe they were too strong or too weak you know, given their context in past seasons, but overall, I don't look at them as gigantic failures. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of these have either been very good at some points in time and fallen off, or they need a few more adjustments to get them into a better spot, and they're not that bad, right? And that would be Dalsam, Guile, E Honda, Ed, Karen, Colleen, Lucia, Luke, Armika, Ryu, Sakura, Seth, and Zangief. Quite a few characters actually in there. And one of the things that I know people are immediately going to jump out with and go, Zangief is just needs some tweaks. And it's like, yeah, he does because that mofo is one of the last people on the planet you want to be a dominant character. He is way, when Zangief is dominant, you have a bad game on your hands, usually. Mm. So, so tweaks in that, like he needs to be a little bit better. Or, I would make him or... a little better. He's a, he's a little too weak, but actually, one of the things that that Zangief needs the most right now is having like the Urian matchup and a few others nerfed down. Um, he he just mostly falls apart because some of the cast members that are. Um, a bad matchup for him are really good right now. Just destroy and so him. you can yeah. you can kind of fix that a little bit, but also it's your playing Zangief, you know, kind of thing at the end of the day. You better learn to deal with your bad matchups and hold those because 
that same gift, you know. It's, it's very and, interesting, like the 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 onus on what is it, the character or the the player? I guess both. When you're playing certain types of characters, uh, it's like it, they're in their own category. This this applies a little bit to Falk and how we were talking about her earlier. You're talking about Zangief, it's like okay, so I want the character to be a certain level of good, but there's an immediate ceiling that pops up on Zangief because I think he's a grappler, and and you know we don't want grappler characters to be the best in the game. Um, and then there's an immediate ceiling on Falk because she's an easy input, easy to play character and so you don't want her to go past a certain level and and i don't know how much we really consider that when putting together tier lists or assessing a character um especially you know with regards to everybody else but that's that is a a a fair point to make and it is such a point that you can make that puts falk you know in a list along with balrog cami bison rashid and urian um or that puts you know zangief in the just needs tweaks as opposed to the miss the mark category of this so it's interesting i just wanted to point it out because it kind of struck me yeah, it was Zangief players, of course, will complain up and down about it. But the bottom line is when Zangief is, has been top tier, uh, the community has collectively said no. You know, it's just like that is a bad game that you have made at that point in time. And the game is far better when Zangief has to work to set up all that kind of stuff. And he's very powerful once he sets up his stuff, but he needs to work very hard on that. And he's going to have to deal with some crazy ass matchups and other stuff. But that is Zangief. And we have seen players who are very dedicated and passionate about it unlock that consistently over and over and over again, even when Zangief is low tier. So he does not need to ever be high tier and should not ever be high tier because it's bad design because it's a, as we were once told by Combo Fiend, it's basically like the um, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, rolling down the hill uh, boulder, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, it's like Zangief starts off the match and and you are literally running away from him the entire time if he's so good, you know, like you're not able to build up like some kind of defense and some kind of wall that he has to, you know, break his way through. He's just already on you, you know, and that's what a high tier Zangief generally has always done and, and why we go away from it. So, yeah. So next up on the well-balanced stuff, this is actually the, hey, these characters are pretty darn good. Um, You might hear some complaints about them, and you may have definitely heard them in the past, but you don't hear them a lot anymore. Uh, It's They're really kind of few and far between, and this is really the sweet spot that you aim for. Uh, And in my opinion, these characters are all in a pretty darn good spot right now and should be what Capcom does in the future. This is what you do. Uh, That would be Abigail, Akira, Akuma. I know Akuma might be a shock for a lot of people and stuff out there, but I I really do think he's in a good spot overall. Uh, Birdie, Blanca, Dan, G, Abuki, Ken, Laura, Manat, Nash, Poison, and Zeku. John, any of those jump out at you? Not Akuma. I think Akuma is pretty decently, like he's still strong, but he's not destroying everyone. Um, Birdie is interesting because while I don't disagree that he's not, he's not pissing people off really. Uh, he's, he's also kind of not a character, you know, in the, in the way that Nikali feels like not as much of a character anymore. It's like, it's like a character that you've gotten to a good place balance wise, but like when they're there, they don't pop. Something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, and I'm not saying that Nikali's necessarily do a good place balance-wise. Maybe he is. I don't know. But, He's probably but not, with, but yeah. Man, with Birdie, no one's happy, it feels like. And and that's the thing. It's like you can get to a good balance, but it feels sterile, and there's more to the equation than that. Um, but And, yeah. and I, Blanca... Blanca well, before, and Laura. We, before we move off of Birdie, I, yeah. I, I, he's still a very heavy presence in tournament. You will see a number of Birdie players up there. Well, very heavy is uh, maybe a little bit too much of a descriptor of his weight and not his actual presence in a tournament, but he is still played in tournament. He's not like a, a Rose or something like that where it's like, okay, I never see this guy or girl in tournament, you know, type thing, or a Sagat. Birdie is actually still well played despite not being that well thought of and not as much as he was. And when he was very dominant, 
most people realize that was really bad game design because yeah. of the way he plays. Too much of a grappler. Too much of like I'm gonna guess for this win, and I if I get it, I'm good. You know. You know and, and, I, and I take it back too, as I think of in in recent times, especially playing. Um, I think most recently, Upchain Lord. I think that's his name. Um, online and actually I got to play him in, uh, in Las Vegas at uh, RBK as well but uh, you know Vegas or Vega uh, Birdie's actually really fun um, now that I think about it because you can make a game plan around him and he's got some good options but he's got to sort of like weave that and and, and there's an emerging back and forth I, oftentimes I'll play a birdie and if I play him more than once I'll either lose or win to begin with and then that will change as the match goes on and I think that's evidence of a pretty good um, setup that you got there. And so actually like I, that wasn't where my gut first went, but as I think about it, logically birdie is actually in a pretty good place. Um, especially compared to where he was at say like season two or even three. Yeah. I, I know a lot but, of people would complain about like someone like poison on this list. Right. And saying she's well balanced. She's high tier, but she's high tier, but she's very hard to play. She's so hard to play to the point where you see only a handful of players play poison at an extremely high level. Where if you compare someone like Armika, when Armika was extremely good, a lot of people played Armika, a lot of people. And it's like, Poison is so technical that, yeah, she can, you, but you just have to put in so much work to fully unlock her. And, and shout outs to Punk, because I know Punk is probably pulling out his hair with a statement saying, like, you know, Poison's well-balanced and other stuff like that. But he bro, plays, like, the best Poison he, in the yeah, world. He, but you, he also plays Karen, too. So, uh, shout outs to pro players with their opinions about some of this stuff. And they're like, you know, hey, uh, just ignore my main, and I'm going to talk about other people's mains and other stuff. Uh, but, yeah. So I can't say that Laura or Blanca are well-balanced, and maybe there's a better term for it, but the fact that both of those characters, and, and I suppose G fits into this to a degree as well, like those are V-trigger robbery characters, and G's, yes. well, let's, let's remove G from that for now, it's, there's more to be said there, perhaps, but Laura and Blanca... They 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 still feel like their their game starts when V trigger happens, and then if it goes well for them, that's the main indicator and too much of the indicator, less so than it has been before. And maybe with if you're gonna have V trigger in the game, this is about as close as you're realistically gonna get to a balance with it. Um, yeah. So, but but that sticks out to me as like I can't call them well balanced when that's how they achieve balance. I mean, it's it's like they're nothing until like they're V trigger, and then that's that's too mm -hmm. it's too broad, it's too generalized. There needs to be more nuance in in what makes them good and bad. Yeah, and that's that's not liking V triggers in this game, which is you're not alone with that one. Sure. And, and but you know, V triggers are obviously and V skills are a huge part of what this game is. And for what this game is, we you and I don't talk about Blanca and Laura behind the scenes and be like, ah, oh, you know, this is bull crap. You know, completely. It, it, it's um, Blanca. We 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 say he's very shenanigan based and should be low tier, which he is. You know, and Laura opinions heavily vary about how good Laura She's is in this game, but V shift in my opinion has hurt that character a good amount more than people realize. And, and you do have to know what you're doing. You, you, v shift does not usually apply on the first mix up. You kind of got to get in on the second one. And that's where Laura's V trigger is really good because you know, she blends you up in the V trigger, right? And you've got to know when to V shift out of that stuff and other things. And it's not easy to do, but also Laura generally has to work for her stuff again, just uh, hit her toes when she does her fireballs. You know, we've you've done a great actual video on how to beat Laura and all this kind of stuff. Like, she's not held up like a problem like Urian is or Rashid is and other stuff. It's what do we do about Rashid? What do you do about Urian? It's like you die. 
that's that's what you do you know kind of thing and with laura it's like okay well here's some counters here's some stuff that works but she's still good right so i can get moving a character or two and like you know my opinion of well balanced might be you know hey actually this character needs some tweaks or something like that and would not be upset to see laura get a few more tweaks given she is a grappler you know and she is very good and you got to be very careful as we just talked about with making grapplers a strong character but it, it does fall down to like uh how good you think laura is do you want to defend your Nash pick here from the people in the comments at all? Or the Nash, Nash is being Nash is actually quite popular online right now, and he is well played, and and there is a quite a bit of reason to do it. Uh, and you don't want Nash being strong in this game. Uh, we've already It'd be seen annoying, why. so we, annoying. We, we've already seen why. Uh, you have enough to work with with Nash to win. Uh, he, he, there is there's enough to work with to win with this character. I don't know if you want Nash any better than he is right now because he doesn't so, need to be a top tier, right? Like it's the game is not that good when he's top tier is what we figured out. So and, and he's right now is better than he's ever been. A lot of people have him at mid tier. That's probably exactly yeah, it's exactly where you should be in my opinion. So all right, fair enough. Well, like, comment, subscribe. Oh, <laughs> uh, then no one's liking or commenting after we went through this list and we put their main <laughs> in a spot I don't like. If they don't like John, they're, I'm, I'm going to get death threats here in just a second. But, um, you know, shout outs to all the people who play Zangief and, you know, all these other characters that I just Yeah, went you Falk players that have been abusing the system, <laughs> you jerks. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of Event Up's Talk and Block. Hopefully, I'll be back next week and all the Laura players have not murdered me. Perfect.